Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL Podcast with me, Jim, Punk Raider and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about NFL boys. How are we doing this evening? Respect, Paul. We're all right, but I saw that sly side eye you were giving me just in case I interrupted you during the intro again. You certainly tried. I've cut you out, thanks to the miracle of editing. <laughs> so, no one has to know what I go through. Can you do that for the rest of the podcast? Absolutely. Can you do that for the rest of it? Just get rid of them. <laughs> just, 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 just keep interrupting, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk over the toffee. He's doing it again, you see. Plenty to go through this week, <laughs> despite the fact there's no you'll games. Never, you'll never cease me. You'll never silence me. <laughs> we aren't going to mention Especially the Pro Bowl. It is not even worth mentioning. Uh, we've got other stuff to talk Pro about. Bowl? When was that? Well, apparently it happened. I, watched, I don't I, know. I don't I watched know. The Sunday? Do- I watched the dodgeball. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the one thing I do want to mention on that, Hunter Renfro. So, you know, they do the, um, the throwing challenge where they have to hit all the targets and that lot. Mm-hmm. They did a non-QB and Hunter Renfro was the non-QB punk. Yeah, um, he, he was a quarterback in high school. Well, not a very good one by the look of it, because him and <laughs> Justin Jefferson were the non-throwing players, and they were both rubbish. And then oh. Mitch, it was Mitch Trubisky against... And it wasn't Mitch Trubisky. It wasn't Why was Mitch else. Trubisky there? Well, he was there at one point. Yeah, no, not Mitch Trubisky. Who am I on about? Oh, my God, no. no uh, not Mitch Trubisky. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones uh-huh. against Russell Wilson. Guess who won? Go on. Go out on a limb. Mac, Guess who won? Mac, Tom Brady. <laughs> Russell Wilson he won okay. by miles he's not going to be your quarterback Dave so just calm down right so we've got some head coaching hires to go through boys since last week so after being the first candidate interviewed back in December the Jacksonville Jaguars have circled all the way back round to Doug Pedersen as the guy to get a chance at writing the ship as the head coach Pedersen's had a year out of the game since being let go by the Philadelphia Eagles Pedersen can cite a decent offense during most of his time there, and getting a Super Bowl win with Nick Foles over the Patriots doesn't hurt either. What do we think, Doug Pedersen? Good move in as the uh, Jags head coach? I think sensible. I think he's proven he can do it with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Certainly know, an upgrade. He did all right at the Eagles. It's definitely an upgrade. You know, I'm, I the thing is, I'm, I wasn't a massive Doug Marone fan, but I get why you'd stay with him, continuity, and the players liked him and he had the support. So I get that. I never understood the Urban Meyer appointment, but okay, you know, it's worth a punt. And I think now they've got um, another head coach come in who has had plays on his side previously, although towards the end of the relationship with him and Carson Wentz, it was by all accounts, somewhat strained. So hmm. it's not the way that I thought they'd go, but it seems sensible. He's been out of the game for a year. I'm sure he's probably had time to take stock of what he may or may not have done wrong um, with the Eagles, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be a better coach for it. So, yeah, it's a good shout. It's a big upgrade. On, all you can ask is year on year that you want an upgrade on your head coach, and they've done that. The issue, I think, with the Jags is still around Trent Balky being the GM. That apparently put off a lot of candidates from... Um, committing themselves to becoming the head coach of the Jags uh, in the interview process. They were like, well, this guy's a bit like an albatross. Do I need to have that around my neck when I start off uh, trying to sort out all the stuff that's going wrong in Jacksonville? Uh, so obviously, Pedersen has, has got some sort of uh, in there to say either someone else is going to be moved in pretty quickly or you have a much bigger say on what's going on. So don't worry too much about Balky. But I yeah, guess the big, we'll find out. The big, uh, the big benefit really for the Jacksonville fans is it's not Bill O'Brien because that was rumoured for a long time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'd rather not. Uh, next one then. So the Dolphins have found a new head coach in the 49ers offensive coordinator, Yale graduate Mike McDaniel. The Dolphins have offered McDaniel a four-year contract to take over the franchise. 
The Dolphins have hired eight head coaches since the turn of the century, and only one had prior NFL head coaching experience. And of those seven first-time head coaches, five had backgrounds on offense. McDaniel inherits a situation only one of his predecessors did, though, a winning team. Under former head coach Brian Flores, the Dolphins went 19-14 and 14 over the past two seasons, their best two-year stretch since 2002. Um, McDaniel actually identifies as multiracial, so it gives the Niners two third-round compensatory picks, one this year and another next year. I mean, McDaniel was the guy I mentioned to you guys. I can't remember who was on air or not. Um, but the Broncos were interested in interviewing him to be the um, OC. Um, and the 49ers wouldn't, uh, there was rumoured that they wouldn't grant access because uh, his movement to be uh, from a QB, who was officially QB stroke, um, offensive coordinator um, with the 49ers, but would then call plays for the Broncos. And that wasn't uh, classed as a promotion. So, um, he was an outstanding candidate to be an offensive coordinator in Denver, would also have been an outstanding candidate for many people to be um, a head coach anywhere else. He was He's Shanahan's right-hand man. Everyone at the moment coming out whose heart seems to be connected with either Shanahan or... Um, McVeigh. Uh, McVeigh, yeah. I was the, all I kept thinking was McYay, and I thought, I don't want to call him that. I don't want to call him that. Um, who says that? Like, is, that Skip, he, is that Skip Bayless that says McYay? Yeah, Skip. Yeah. You've been watching too much Undisputed, mate. Get off that. I, I like Not Shannon. Good. Come on. Um, but no, I, I think he's one of those guys who um, has got a bright future ahead of him. Young, got some good ideas, knows the run game. Yeah, I'm very impressed by him. I was excited when he was potentially coming to the Broncos as well. But yeah, no good move for him. I could have sworn he was our coach. What? McDaniel? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know we got two of them, didn't we? We yeah, had plural McDaniel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're not cousins, um, but no, I think I think it's a good signing. I think it's like all all of these head coaches, isn't it? If if they're untried and untested, you know, we really don't know what they're going to be like. Um, you know, by all accounts, he seems like he's got decent man management skills, but until they get in that pressure situation where they're getting two and a half hours sleep every three days, who knows? Clearly, a clever guy. So, wish him the best. Uh, then it looks like the Texans were listening to our podcast last week, boys, as they've hired Lovey Smith as their next head coach. The team announced on Monday Smith was the Texans' associate head coach and defensive coordinator this past season. Before we uncorked the champagne, they remembered that this is the Texans just fired the black head coach in David Culley, despite winning four more games than they expected. And they were close to hiring a ba- uh, backup QB as their head coach as well. So um, good move in the end, Lovey Smith. I talked about him on last week's podcast. And uh, thankfully, he's been given the chance to uh, have another shot as head coach. And he's got an excellent beard. It's a beautiful beard. He's sporting he's sporting a delightful piece of facial hair. Yeah, which I he's wish him the best. For. I wish him the best of luck because he's going to need it. I don't think it matters who will be the head coach going in there. There's going to be significant um, difficulties approaching him very soon. So I, I wish him immense luck. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right. Going into the Texans is probably the hardest head coaching position around um, at the minute because you've got the uncertainty at quarterback. You don't know what's happening with um, Derek Watson. I think that's coming to a head this month. You know, I think it has to be something happens in February or early March around his court February. case. Well, it's, 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 his court case is February, it's, but it's due to go in 
Um, his team certainly won't want a continuation because it's delayed no. his career. I think I think the hardest job in football will be Seattle if Russell Wilson goes because they've got no cap space whatsoever and don't have a franchise quarterback. But right mm. now, I think you're right. The Texans is the most difficult job. Maybe yeah. New Orleans you can make a case for. You wouldn't want to be a new coach going into New Orleans. <laughs> Take this on to Look my at next that point. segue. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. Because the New Orleans, you didn't even know I was going to do that. New Orleans Saints have informed their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, they're hiring him as the next head coach. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Monday. Allen, who's 49, will replace his longtime boss, Sean Payton, who stepped away two weeks ago. This will be Allen's second stint as a head coach. After he went 8 and 28 as coach of the Raiders from 2012 to 2014, he did head coach a Saints game this year when Sean Payton was out with COVID beating the Bucks 9-zip. So obviously we're going to talk to Punk now about uh, the head coaching talents of Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen. Jesus. I can't even remember Dennis Allen. That's how much of an impression he made on me. Um, yeah. <laughs> just one long, right. one long just, trial just in it for you. Yet up. another one in those, those young trialist coaches that we get. And um, it's kind of weird because he, he was really crap at... <laughs> He just seemed really nervous and and like he didn't actually want to make proper decisions and stuff. So it was almost like he was there as a figurehead, mm-hmm. but but wasn't actually leading the team. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like he never really got to grips with the fact that he was a head coach. I mean, he was young at the time. I don't quite know how old he was, but he must have been mid thirties. He's only forty nine now. Yeah, exactly. I think he's probably probably late thirties. When he was with us, well, twenty twelve to um, twenty fourteen, he was with you. So twelve to fourteen, so yeah, eight years ago, eight years ago, forty one, so, yeah, late thirties, yeah. early forties, early forties, <laughs> late thirties, early forties. But you know, he was he, he never convinced as a head coach. Put it that way. Um, it may well be that he was just too young, and you know, eight years or whatever of of being an OC and so so on and so forth defensive might have helped him out but that's what i said you said those yeah, he sounds like he sounds like the uh the glenn roder of nfl coaches <laughs> oh, he wow he very, he very much is and he even had the glenn roder haircut to be fair house on fire <laughs> well i think that's what it was i think that's how he got the job to be honest yeah, same bar al, al went for, al went for al thought he was giving it to uh to his son, and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it does seem like a bit of a continuation move. Obviously, he has been a, in New Orleans for a long time, and they didn't. They said we don't want to rock the boat. We just want to kind of keep going because we've got such a good defense. We want to keep that going. They had like a top ten defense for the past couple of years now. It's probably not so much we don't want to rock the boat as no one's going to take this job. Well, that's what so I mean. we've Ooh. we've got to we've got to promote from within. Who's the Saints GM now? Because um, the previous fellow left. Still Mickey, Loom- Mickey Loomis. Loomis. Yeah, oh, is there? Loomis I thought he'd left. No, no. Oh. I was beginning to think you don't leave the uh, Saints, you just die until uh, Sean Payton eventually <laughs> went on. No matter the time they're all still there. Oh, I think this is the thing. I'm not convinced that Sean Payton's not going to come back. You know, the way it was all announced, it all made it seem like it was a bit of a break. And now that they've sort of given it to his right-hand man, it makes me think he's, you know, remember when Putin resigned as, yeah, remember when Putin resigned as president and he became prime minister and Medvedev became president for one term, then he went back again. This is, this is what it is. You know, Sean Payton is, you know, the the Vladimir Putin of the NFL. (laughs) Slightly less evil. Wow. 
and he's slightly, slightly less evil. Allegedly. I don't know, Bounty Gate was pretty <laughs> Alleged, Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Mm. Thank you, my attorney says allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you'll be on a trip to Salisbury. So, the, so there you go. Yeah. There's only one position left. That's the Vikings. Uh, technically, it's still an open position, but I think we know what's going to happen on, uh, in that situation. We're going to move on. Those are the head coaching hires. Uh, we're going to do a bit of felony watch. Felony watch. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested on a battery charge on Sunday in Las Vegas after being accused of injuring someone at a nightclub on the eve of the Pro Bowl, according to the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Police said they were dispatched around 5.50pm, that seems very normal as a time, uh, on Saturday to a hospital where a person had reported the battery at a nightclub. The police said detectives determined the victim was battered by Kamara. After playing and making four catches for 23 yards on for the NFC in Sunday's Pro Bowl, Kamara was taken into custody without incident, according to police, and booked at the Clark County Detention Centre on a charge of battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Kamara remained in jail Sunday night, his bail set at $5,000, and a court hearing is scheduled for Monday afternoon, a jail official said. This was his fifth Pro Bowl in five seasons as a pro, so maybe getting a little bored of it. Had to do something to spice it up, I guess. Boys, we don't usually hear of a star player. So five thousand seems like a very low bond. Well, it's Vegas. What happens there stays there. True. Um, we're used to having kind of you know third string linebackers or you know four string cornerbacks in felony watch, but never a five time All Pro like Alvin Kamara. This is a rarefied air for I mean, us in felony watch. Not usually. I mean, I don't know too much around the situation. As to what caused the altercation? No, no motive has been established yet. It says he punched a man eight times and knocked him unconscious. Mm-hmm. So just the eight. Interesting. Just just eight. I mean, nine the eight. So. Touch him up. I mean, you, you mentioned he was in he was in court on Monday. Do we know anything that's come out of that, or is it next Monday that he's in court? Uh, I think it was this Monday. I, I, I captured it straight away when I saw that information. So mm. I don't know. Well, you tell me. I mean, best of luck to him. Um, he's going to need it. Um, they're 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 uh, not a forgiving bunch. In uh, in well, there's there's two sides of it because there's numerous people who have been sentenced and gone under in uh, in New in uh, Las Vegas. But then also a judge in Las Vegas did delay the sentence sentencing of Floyd Mayweather because he had a fight coming up. Mm. He said, "Okay, we'll divert defer your jail time so you can have a fight." So you know. It might just be, well, you're Ivan Kamara, so off you pop. Who knows? It does yeah. say in this nice, report, I'm just reading nice now, that um, some of his allies, associates proceeded to stomp on the guy when he was on the ground after being punched Jesus eight times. God. What did this Kamara. guy do? What? <laughs> uh, he sustained what a guy fracture in his right him? eye, apparently. Oh, Jesus. The man said he started the conversation with one member of a group of people while waiting for an elevator as he was leaving the Cromwell Casino at Drace after Dark Club on South Las Vegas Boulevard at about 6.30 a.m. That's better. Um, when the elevator doors opened, the man started to walk toward the elevator along with a large party, but a man later identified as Kamara put his hand on the victim's chest to stop him getting into the elevator, basically. Um, they had a little bit of a So they scuffle. had a punch-up over whether or not he could get on the elevator. Yeah, I think basically Kamara didn't want him on the elevator with him. Um, and they fought, and then that's what happened. Wow. There you go. Oh, dear, Alvin. Well, <laughs> there we go. I mean, to, to be fair, at least he did it himself, and he didn't let his entourage just, just batter the hell out of the poor bloke for nothing, you know what I Not mean? Not until he was on the ground. You know? 
eight, 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 eight punches, at least you're taking personal responsibility for that beating. <laughs> allegedly. Hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. There we go. Wow. Just one friendly watch, a bit of a mess, but there you go. Having I mean, it's the off season. There will be more. We can. The one thing we know is there will be more. Just trying to get out doing the Pro Bowl. I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, so after now, the Pro Bowl. It's before uh, the Pro Bowl. It was before. It would have been before, before the game play, and then the rest of them afterwards. Yeah, it's ah. Vegas, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no. Now that the uh, now that the Chiefs have stopped playing, they'll be driving around with semi-automatic pistols in the car and all that kind of stuff, and getting pulled over, and there'll be burglaries galore. Well, and all your love for yeah, the Chiefs absolutely. is uh, unbounded. I mean, well, don't forget the Chiefs did pick up um, Damon Arnett after we released him for his um, gun-toting antics. So you'd expect nothing less. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are they, they rumours are they going to be form. signing Ruben Foster soon? Why not? Yeah, they probably will. <laughs> A joke. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's move on then, boys. From the news and from Felony Watch, we're going to talk about the game that's happening on Sunday, the zenith of our season, Super Bowl Fifty Six. Um, we're going to look at the two teams and what they've done this season. Um, we're going to start with the Bengals, the shock of of the uh, the tie. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals went ten and seven this season. They swept the Ravens and the Steelers. They beat the Chiefs in both the regular season and the championship game. Lost a couple of weird ones to the Bears and the Jets, though. Um, this is the Bears' third Super Bowl appearance following Super Bowl 26 in 1981 with the loss to the 49ers despite scoring more touchdowns than them. And 1988 Super Bowl 23 loss to the Niners again uh, with the John Taylor late touchdown catch. Uh, since then, the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since the 1990 season until now. And of course, what's changed from then till now? Joseph Burrow. Uh, yeah. Just I'd like to think is. the entire team's changed between then and now. Well, but, you know. My team's might have changed, but the reason for winning, <laughs> I think, is uh, squarely on this boy's shoulders. Played all 16 games this year, so that's nice to see. Um, 17. Well, he played 16 games. He had a game off. Uh, I think they let... Uh, um, and the last one it? off, didn't he? Because they, they messed up that play call at the yeah, one Finley, the I game before game and is... managed to injure him. Exactly. Um, he finished first in completion percentage among all quarterbacks. Uh, first in average yards passing, uh, third in yards per game, third in interceptions of 14, uh, first in sacks, 51. Out of all QBs this season, he's taken the most Jesus. by a bit of a margin. Um, eighth in touchdowns with 34. Um, and he's sixth in yards, 4,611. And uh, second in, uh, in rating as well. Only Aaron Rodgers got a better. QB rating than uh, than Joe Burrow this season. So I don't know what else to say about the boy except uh, they just seem to rally around him. It is genuinely amazing that they have got this far with an offensive line that's that porous mm. and a quarterback that gets hit that many times. Yeah, fifty-one in the regular season, twelve sacks in the postseason. Again, that is the most out of any QB in the postseason this year. Let's not forget though. You know, let's not forget that, um, you know, Joe Burrow, yes, has been sacked 50 odd times, but let's, you know, let's also not forget that he has the ability to escape people, um, you know, escape the pass rush coming to get him. Imagine if he wasn't as, as mobile. Oh, yeah, no, it's just as well he, he is mobile. Yeah, yeah. murdered. Mauled. Mauled to death. <laughs> 
I mean, it's not just him, though. Think... We, we have to say that a couple of other players on the offense have really stepped up. Joe Mixon, very underrated. Um, if you look at he's third in overall yards rushing for quarterback for running backs this season, 1,205 yards rushing. He was tied for third with touchdowns. He had 13 rushing touchdowns. Uh, yeah. And then you've got Jamar Chase, obviously the rookie wide receiver, first round pick. Uh, 1,455 yards. That was fourth most among all wide receivers. Um, and 13 touchdowns again. He was third uh, for touchdown scored. And importantly, he leads the number of rushing yards in the postseason as well. Um, I know he's played more, more games than some, but um, still, you know, it proves that he's actually uh, provided those those performances going into the big games as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I, th- I think, you know, skill positions, the Bengals are pretty stacked. You know, you, you go through that, that receiver room with Higgins, Boyd and Chase, you know, that's as good as anything anywhere in the league at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Mixon, you know, definitely up there as top five running back. Stats prove it as much as anything else. And again, you know, if you can, if you can be a top five running back running behind that offensive line, then you've got mm-hmm. to be doing something right. So, <laughs> exactly. you know. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bengals have a huge amount of problems on offense, other than the number of sacks they give up. But I mean, they, they could do. Obviously, the offensive line is an issue, um, and I think they could probably do with uh, more of an attacking tight end because CJ Azama is, I think, he's fine as a that sort of switching between someone who can go, you know, go forward a bit and get have a little bit of a reception. Uh, sorry, have a bit on offense, but. You know, Drew Sample, who's the second um, tight end, he's basically a small lineman. He's not there for receptions. He's there purely to block. Um, So I think they're the two areas where they could sort of improve most. But the improvements we've seen on the offense, the the offensive line has improved, you know, significantly based on previous years. And they've got young guys in there as well. Then It's not as though they are... It's not as though they bought rookies in on big money. They're, They're young guys who... Uh, really can improve going forward. So whether they need to go and invest in it or whether they try and develop the guys um, that they've currently got. Uh, but you're right, on, on offense, I think they're absolutely fine. They just need to strengthen that line, especially the interior. Yeah, and they've got a good balance. You know, they're, they're, they're not like the Bills where they legitimately look to pass first and then run second. Um, you know, they do, they do run a balanced offense. Um, it is very much... If you if you go back and watch them throughout the season, you know, kind of early in games it's Mixon, middle of games and late in games it tends to be Burrow. Um, but you know they're not afraid of just giving it to Mixon three times and telling them to run between the tackles yep. if they need to. Yeah, perfectly happy to win it on third down as well. Um, defensively, I think uh, from a cornerback position they're absolutely fine. Um, I think they've got four or five really strong corners. Um, all of the secondary, I think, is absolutely fine. The, the main sort of weakness they have is in the linebacker core because I think they play a standard four-three um, with Hendrickson and uh, Sam Hubbard playing a genuine sort of uh, defensive end. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a soft underbelly in the linebacker core, but the amount the amount they play nickel is it kind of takes away from them having a four-three anyway because it kind of goes a four-two-four more more often than not. Um, but defensively, it hasn't been a problem for them either. I think a lot of people probably thought having Eli Apples as starting corner would be um, probably a bit of a weakness, but he's, he's done really well as well. Well, two interceptions on the year for Eli Apple. I mean, 
a guy that we've not even mentioned this year for the Bengals on defense has been Logan Wilson. 100 tackles, mm. by far the most tackles on the team. Four interceptions. He leads the team on interceptions as a linebacker as well. And he's got one sack in there. So a uh, very underrated guy uh, right in the middle of the field. Yeah, he's been them. the guy stuffing stuff the run as well. Well, Trey Hendrickson, as you mentioned, defensive end, he's had 14 sacks this season. So um, twice as much as... Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle. Um, Sam Hubbard has seven and a half. So yeah, Trey Hendrickson's been the guy that's been getting home more often than not, but they've got a very good defensive line there. Hendrickson's a little bit of an old school kind of defensive end. He's more of a Jonathan Taylor type where his his one and only job is to go and get the quarterback. Um, Very often nowadays, you'll see defensive ends occasionally drop into coverage or, you know, line up in the middle or something and what have you. But Henderson just literally puts his hand in the dirt from the outside and, and goes mm. after the quarterback. I like him. I think he's he's a tremendous player. I um, think he's perfectly comfortable in pass cover. He reminds me a bit of Max Crosby in the fact that he's got he's got that ability to be a power rusher if you want to, but you can also rush from the outside and has you know the fewest holding penalties given against him out of anyone I've ever seen. Um it's just it's just one of those things where he never gets a flag. Yeah, it's Max um, Crosby syndrome. Yeah, Crosby, uh, Crosby got two flags all season, and he was being held on literally every single play. It's, right, it was well. ridiculous, absolutely um, ridiculous. With DJ Reader, BJ Hill, um, Trey Flowers, Trey Waynes. Um, who's the lad? The, the, the Hargreaves they got from um, the Texans. Well. Hargreaves. They've, yeah, they've got mass talent on on that defensive side of the ball. Um, and they've actually done it through free agency. So, you know, maybe the Bengals breaking that mold is uh, uh, the myth of them never actually spending any money is, is proving to be just that. But this is a team they could keep together because there's a lot of youth in there. Keep this team together, this defense, especially for another three or four years easily because there's no one in there who's going to be demanding big money soon because a, a lot of guys are already on their second or third chance. Trudeau Uzier came over from Dallas. Um, Eli Apple's mm-hmm. had numerous chances. He was a first-round drafter um, the Giants in, I think it was 15. Um, so, yeah, and Von Bell obviously came over from the Saints. There's, there's guys in there who are already on their second chance so aren't necessarily going to be saying, I want the big contract soon. So this Mike Hilton's really ex-dealers, good... a cornerback, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The guy that scored the most points from this season, though, and that's won them the last two games, Evan McPherson. Yeah. Iceman. Yeah. Kicker helps. 130 points this season, you know. He's made every uh, field goal from uh, under 40 yards, just to let you know that. He's only missed four field goals this uh, regular season. I think it'll maybe five. Yeah, he's he's, uh, missed two from 50 plus, basically, and then three between 40 and 49 yards. But the guy is absolutely mustard when it comes to the the big games, the crunch, crunch games. So... The story is when they got the um, they got the last minute field goal against the Texan uh, Titans, he jumped to the guy next to him and said, yeah, we're going to the championship game. Not bothered the fact that he's the one that's going to have to go and take it. Yeah. You know, it's just immediately, we're going to the championship game. And that was that. He was that confident in his own ability. So yeah, fair play to him. Mm. Missed two extra points as well through the season. But, uh, Not rubbish. Release him. Release him. Release him. <laughs> Too close. Anyway. Yeah, that is the that is the Bengals. At least what they've done this season. Um, an absolute. I, I still can't get my head around it though. I know they're good, but I don't understand how they're in the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, should, they literally shouldn't be. Their their no. their run to the Super Bowl has been 
very very reminiscent of the Eagles team from a few years ago, um, where you know every single week everyone wrote them off, going, "There's no way they'll win this game. There's no way they'll win this game. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just no chance." And before they know it, they're in the Super Bowl. And as we've said millions of times before, once you're in a one-off game, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So I certainly yeah. wouldn't be writing them off, but you know the turnaround from what were they last season? Four and twelve. Four and twelve. Something like that, yeah. To actually turn into a a and you know beginning of this season, I thought that O line was still going to cause them grief, and you know why the hell have they taken Jamar Chase with the fifth pick in the draft, and so on and so forth. You know, I think we were all kind of a bit surprised that they didn't go for Penay Sewell rather than rather than Jamar Chase. But you know, it's kind of proven to be the point that. Actually, as long as your quarterback knows what he's doing and the receivers and running game help him out, at the end of the day, you can kind of get away with a bit of a dodgy (laughs) O-line. Looks like it, doesn't it? So you can kind of see why they went receiver in round one because we we hear all the time about chemistries between receivers and um, quarterbacks and where there's big quarterbacks who've gone to different teams and they haven't had the chemistry with the quarterback. the wide receivers haven't had a chemistry with the quarterback and it just hasn't worked. Well, this you know you have that because they played together at LSU and they had massive success at LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think the drop-off between um, bringing in Jamar Chase and getting a free agent wide receiver would have been greater than the drop-off between bringing in Panay Sewell, who is young and you know, would take a couple of years to actually sort of get up to speed and bringing in someone in free agency. The drop-off would have been greater at wide receiver. So I think that's and also the fact that it was Joe Burrow who demanded that they pick up um, Jamar Chase by all accounts, which makes you think let's keep our quarterback happy and get him the guy he wants, and also it's going to benefit us immediately. So yeah, yeah I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it was the wrong decision. I'm just no, no, saying no, it was a surprising it decision. I agree. I think it's been proved to be I the agree. right decision. I agree with it at the time. Everyone, actually, but yeah. everyone was saying the same thing. What's the point in getting him a wide receiver when he's going to get killed on every play? And I think I, I was one of the first people to say that. Um, and at the time, I would say I was perfectly just in saying that, pro- proven to be an idiotic statement because he's done brilliantly. He has been sacked 51 times, though. So people were right to say, you're going to get you're in danger of getting hurt. He did get injured last season, and that stopped any chance of them pro- progressing. He did. I mean, as, as you say, he was he was sacked an awful lot. Um, but as we've times seen, in three games. Yes, but as as you've seen with uh, what's happened with the Lions this season, Penaisiol is not not you know how much of an impact would he made of that on that offensive line? Uh, would he have turned that fifty-one into twenty? Probably not. No. So that's the impact. That's what I mean. It's that drop yeah, off. Yeah, that- if they if. If they'd have gone and picked up picked up Kenny Golladay, for example, as and he'd have been a wide receiver option, if they could have gone and got. I mean, they wouldn't have paid that for him. But um, if they'd have gone out and got somebody like that, would he have had the the impact that uh, Jamal Chase has had? Probably not. It, it's that it's that payoff really, and I think they made the right choice in hindsight. But it's easy to say that. Those are the Bengals. Let's have a look at the Rams before we get into our, our picks. So the Rams came through to win the division after the Cardinals imploded. Three-game loss from the Titans, 49ers and Packers with the bye week in the middle was the worst of their, their season. Matt Stafford was traded with Jared Goff for a third-round pick last year and first-round picks this year and next year. 
They've only won one Super Bowl since the 1970 merger. That was Super Bowl 34 in 1999 when they beat the Titans by holding them at the one-yard line on the final play of the game. Pre-merger, they won the NFL Championship in 1945 and 51. They don't really count. Uh, And this is their third Super Bowl appearance since their last win, losing to the Patriots in 2001 and 2019. That's got a sting. Losing to the Patriots always stings. Mm. Especially that first one because they allowed he who shall not be named <laughs> to um, start his uh, uh, little run of winning every one in four or whatever it was in the end. There was some controversy about a playbook going missing as well before that game. But let's not, let's not go over that again. Punk, why didn't the Rams win more Super Bowls <laughs> than this? Why didn't the Rams win more Super Bowls than this? Because the Rams are one of those teams where no matter whether they've been in St. Louis or LA, they've mm. kind of always had that nearly men tag um you know they they've always had the superstar player here and there dickerson you know, eric example. dickerson and you know they've always had that kind of i mean the greatest show on turf was a great offense marshall let's folk. be honest but marshall folk and um uh, uh, uh bruce and isaac and <laughs> oh yeah no that was ridiculous that was that was on the old astroturf though i'm not sure they'd be that quick today but um <laughs> <laughs> the Ram- the Rams just always never could quite put it all together. They are they would either always have a decent defense and a really bad offense, um, or they would have a half decent offense but be absolutely dreadful on defense. Um, so there's not actually that many windows where you'd actually look at their teams and say, you know what, they've actually got a chance this year. Um, having said that, since McVeigh's gone in, they've definitely been going all in to win at least one Super Bowl um, I think that was kind of proven with the the Goff and Stafford trade in that you know it's it's two first rounders for the next two years I don't think the Rams have got more than what three picks in any of the next two or three drafts they're good at so, anyway so you know I think I think that first that's that Super Bowl lost the first one for McVeigh with Goff a couple of years ago against the Patriots kind of made them go you know, we've got the defense or at least we've got the pieces and with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and, you know, you, you really have got a championship caliber defense here. And, and, you know, this is a defense that on their day can easily have games up there with some of the best that have ever been. So, you know, the 2000 Ravens, the 85 bears, there are a lot of similarities in, in the way they play. Um, I also think that, that, as, as a whole, the organization has just decided that Aaron Donald deserves a ring. Yeah, it's the one thing that he hasn't got in his trophy cabinet, bar an MVP. Um, and how often does a defensive player win MVP? Um, well, Matt so, Smith won it for the Seahawks, didn't he? A couple of years ago. He did. He did. But I can't happen. think of many others. It does happen uh, occasionally. Pat Satan in 2022. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. Okay. Pretty certain Pat needs, needs to get to the Pro Bowl before he can think about him. was a year early on my next season, next season, man. <laughs> Let's talk about Matt Stafford quickly then, because I think, obviously, you know, can this I, can was I go the back to that? Across. Go on then. Can I go back to that point that you just mentioned about why haven't the Rams won more? I think if you look at from 2010 onwards, the last 12 years, the starting quarterbacks have been Sam Bradford, Austin Davis, who was signed by the Broncos and released from the practice squad, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and now Matt Stafford. If you want to know why, that's why. Sean Mannion was in there as well, I think. Sean Mannion was before that. 
I was more talking about the old Rams. Days. Yeah, so I, it's I, I 2010 like the, the more recent now, Rams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> before that, like, it was Mark, 70s, 80s Mark Bulger, Mark Bulger and Kurt Warner. Um, yeah. Kurt Warner at the end, towards the end of his career. I mean, he played 11 games in 2000, 16 games in 2001, but then from there he played six games in 2002, then nothing. He was injured a lot after that. Then after that, it was James Martin, Chris Chandler, Mark, Mark Bulger, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, these are not names that are synonymous with Super Bowl wins. They just you, haven't had a, a quality super Bowl, uh, quarterback until now. The other massive problem that the Rams have is they've never had home field advantage. Even when they were playing in St. Louis, they, they you know, their stadium was not sold out. The problem, the problem the Rams had was when they were in LA the first time round. You know, the Raiders were in LA as well, and everyone was a Raiders fan. Mm. So you know, then they moved to St. Louis, and of course, you know, the few LA fan. fans they had weren't there. And St. Louis is a baseball town; it's not yeah. really a football town. No, I agree. Do you know the? Do you so, know the last time they were probably properly at home? Because when they started out and they were the Cleveland Rams, that's probably the last time they were properly a home team. Yeah. And that's not even a joke. That's yeah. legit not even a joke. Well, their yeah, 45 it, it, win was it was the Cleveland Rams. It does, it does, you know, we do bang on about home field advantage, but it does make a difference, especially over a massive period of time. I mean, even just look at last week in the championship game, you know, you've got you've got half the half the Rams other halves all on Twitter trying to trying to buy up tickets from fans that are trying to sell them just because you know they didn't want 49ers fans in the stadium and yet you know it was still pretty much 50 50 if not more 49ers 49ers, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 still better than being the charges so, though. But, yeah, oh yeah i mean it, this is this is the thing i mean everyone says sofi stadium so brilliant and all that kind of stuff you've got two teams there who haven't got any fans i'll tell you something though if the rams win this super bowl it will be all rams fans next year yes that helps sell a few season tickets Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about Matt Stafford then, because obviously that was the big move that they really did. I mean, Von Miller was a good move as well mid-season, but before the season started, they laid their cards on the table and said, look, we can't deal with Goff anymore. We know what the biggest weakness is in our team. Let's ship him out. Let's get a guy that's been, I don't know, struggling against the quicksand in Detroit for a decade, basically. He's been on three rebuilds, I think, in Detroit. It's been an absolute nightmare (laughs) for Matt Stafford since he was taken number one overall. Um, let's bring him over and let's see if we can actually get some success with him. And let's face it, he's had a really good season. He's finished uh, tied second, sorry, second overall for touchdowns with 41. Um, he's tied first with Trevor Lawrence for interceptions, though, with 17. That's not quite as good. Uh, his overall rating is sixth overall with 102.9. He's third for total yards thrown, 4,886. Uh, third in average throws of 8.1 yards at a pass. He's fourth in yards per game, 289.9. Uh, seventh in completions, eight in attempts. You know, he has had a pretty good season. And you can see the difference now. Jared Goff would have folded in some of these games that they they didn't turn up going 12 and 5. The fact that Matt Stafford, after 12 years or whatever it is, at the Lions is still an NFL quarterback is in and of itself a bit of a miracle, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, because some of the, some of those teams he was playing on, I'm amazed he wasn't more injured. Um, you know, he he is a warrior. He he is a true definition of a quarterback that will just play her. He'll drive his team forward, and that's exactly what that Rams offense needed. Someone to come in and actually be the captain, actually lead that offense on the field. Um, which Goff never looked like he could do. 
He, no. he, you know, whether it was lack of confidence in his play or just his inability to to play the way they wanted him to, um, there's they 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 just always lacked something, and it was, you know, the defense digging them out of a hole or Gurley digging them out of a hole, or you know, there were other players that were contributing a lot more. But now with Stafford coming in, you know, even with seventeen interceptions. He's had a tremendous season, and yeah, I, 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 I'm so happy for him because he's always been one of my fantasy pickup quarterbacks. Because it didn't matter how often he played, he would always get you two or three touchdowns. Because he is that gunslinger type that will throw it down the field. He's not scared to release the ball, um, and that's that's really what you need when you've got an offense that that is full of quick receivers. Yeah, and if you look at the NFL records that he holds, I mean, it should have its own Wikipedia page. They're, they're, it is ridiculous. To, I mean, he's the fastest quarterback to every milestone between 20,000 passing yards and 45,000 passing yards. He's the fastest to reach all of them. Any milestone in between there, 20,000, 25, 30, 35, all the way up, he's the fastest player to reach any of them out of everyone. And he was playing in Detroit. Yeah, he's got more passing yards in the first 100 games than anyone else. His fastest player to reach 2,000 completions. Honestly, it's ev- everything. The most game-winning drives in a single season. He holds that, and he played for Detroit. Every single record he has should say after it, whilst playing in Detroit, <laughs> because that that gives you more. I don't know. He had Megatron, but Megatron was always, you know, he had nine guys dripping over him, and I know he had a run game after time, and. But he, this is his real opportunity to prove how good he's been on a good team. He's been brilliant. I'm a massive Matt Stafford fan. And I think it's nice that he's finally got um, his opportunity. I think the one, the one thing that we should be uh, happy with is that he hasn't been at another team his entire career. Otherwise, we'd probably be looking at him like we look at Tom Brady. And just like, oh, God, Matt Stafford again. I mean, imagine if Stafford had played in the NFC and Brady played in the AFC. It would have just been them two every Super Bowl, just crying out loud, let's have a change. So, yeah, we want to be probably quite happy that it's not been him. A decent team in the NFC, yeah. Um, I mean, and the other person that's been really helping Matt Stafford is the guy that's been catching the balls from him, and that's Cooper Cup. 1,947 regular season yards, got him obviously first overall in in, uh, yards for a receiver. 16 touchdowns as well put him as first overall in the regular season. He's continued it into the postseason as well. Um, Van Jefferson, he's had over 800 yards receiving. Robert Woods has been the big loss. Obviously, he had about 500 yards in his nine games before um, being injured. Odell Beckham, they brought in. He started to, to show up as well in the postseason. I mean, he had um, five touchdowns before the end of the season, which wasn't bad on eight games, but he's just got better and better as the second target, as you have to double-team Cooper Cup you yeah. end up leaving a guy like OBJ who's just destined to play in a big game. He's not a guy that would drag you out of a hole, but if you're doing all right, he's the guy that you should target because he eats up the limelight. And again, it's no. what we mentioned about that chemistry. He had no chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Anyone can no. see that. Um, he comes in and within three weeks with Matt Stafford, I think he caught a touchdown in his first game. Mm. Um, but within three weeks, he looked like the old, not the old OBJ, but certainly the significantly better than, than he ever was with Cleveland. It's, it's that chemistry that we talk about. And it helps that Stafford spreads the ball about. He doesn't He doesn't yeah. just target one receiver. Although Cup has the numbers and everything this season, 
you know, he you watch them and you watch them in the postseason, and you know, there's there's balls going to the tight ends, there's balls going to the running backs. You know, it's not very much he's my number one, he's the only one I'm going to, and here's my safety blanket. He will spread it around to whoever's open at the time. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, it's not 2019 Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, where it was every no. single time it was going to Michael Thomas and nothing else. I think it was 19, it might have been 18, I don't know. Um, but no, it definitely gets spread around. It's just a yards after catch that they, that the, you know, the, um, the Rams uh, specifically managed to get. Um, both of the two teams in the Super Bowl are fantastic at getting yards after catch and just scheming players open. Tyler Higby is possibly one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Good in the block mm-hmm. that um, receiving, he might be out for the Super Bowl. Um, I think I heard something on that. So that'll be a bit of a miss for them. Um, but I, I, I think this is the best team in the NFC. It's the team that I think most of us, if not all of us, predicted to be in the Super Bowl. I think the standout team, they've only got stronger. That defensive line is phenomenal. You know, every direction you're looking at. Von Miller's on one-on-one coverage. He's loving it. He's absolutely loving it. Never been so um, free. Oh, it is. Literally, it is. I mean, remember that dance he was doing when um, Bradley, Trubb was, uh, Bradley Chubb was drafted? And he was dancing around his living room because he's going, I'm going one-on-one coverage. And it never really happened for him. Now it has. And we're seeing what he's, seeing the rewards he's having. So... Yeah, yeah if we look at, this Rams team is it's like a fantasy team, it really is. If we look at that defense, I mean Von Miller's had five sacks in just eight games. Yeah. So Aaron Donald had twelve and a half in, in his regular season. It's just regular season stats as well. Von Miller's obviously been putting in work in the postseason as well. Leonard yeah. Floyd had nine and a half sacks um in the regular season. Jordan Fuller had 113 tackles, so he had the most there. And then Taylor Rapp and Jalen Ramsey were tied for most interceptions with four through the regular season. It's, it's the number of pressures also as well, because there's almost pressure on every single play. Mm-hmm. And you, even though, you know, the sack numbers are high, um, they're not sort of 2020 Steelers numbers because they were ridiculous numbers. But in terms of pressures, you know, they are significantly high. You never get a moment's peace. So I think that that's obviously the main point for the Bengals. The Bengals have to protect Joe Burrow. You know, he had nine sacks against the Titans, but he only allowed one against the Chiefs. So I think they have to go max protect on every down. Um, stick a fullback in there as well. Um, I don't <laughs> think they have to go don't max they protect. They really do. Oh, I mean, they've got to have an extra lineman who can play fullback, surely. Um, but then they need to they need to really make sure that they win those matchups on the defensive line. They have to. If, I mean, if we're if we're talking about keys to the game, then yeah, that's that's the massive one. It's it's in the trenches. It's the Rams D line yeah. versus the Bengals O line. Yeah. That's that's where the game will be won and lost um, more so than anywhere else on the field. If if the Bengals can keep Burrow upright or keep him at least moving around enough to be able to find his receivers, the Bengals are in with a great shout. Um, but if if Unlike the Titans' nine sacks, if you if you're letting this Rams team get nine sacks, then you really are going to be in trouble because I can guarantee at least two of them will turn into turnovers. Mm. They are so good at, at stripping the ball. If we're yeah. talking matchups as well, one thing I'm sort of really interested in um, is what the Rams do at cornerback. So they've got um, I'm forgetting the other fella's name. Is it Darnell? Um, the other cornerback for the Rams, I forget what his name. I think it's Darnell. I might be wrong, but um, 
he were so he was swapped with Robert um, Rochelle. Off. There's who? Robert Rochelle is ever cornerback. Got not sure. David Long. Anyway, either of. Um, whoever the other cornerback was, um, rather than Jalen Ramsey, um, he was taken off um, Samuels, and um, instead Jalen Ramsey went to play outside because Ramsey normally plays inside on on the slot, and Ramsey went to play outside and got torched by Samuels over the top um, for a touchdown. Now, obviously, I, I'd love to see Jalen Ramsey playing up against Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar Chase plays as outside as anyone has ever played outside in the history of the NFL, and Ramsey doesn't normally operate there, but I Ramsey's suspect... already already lobbying for it. I was he's gonna he's, say, he's I already suspect... putting stuff out there saying he wants to go one-on-one with Chase for the entire yeah. game. But that, that might be a smart thing for the Rams because if the Rams just say, look, we're going to go one-on-one with Chase, try and yeah. take him out of the game, I'm not sure who wins in a matchup, but that's what I really, really want to watch. I want to see that matchup of you know, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. I've no love for Jalen Ramsey. I think he's that. lazy. Um, I think he's lazy. And, um, in, in, and the game that we saw, the Rams versus the Bengals at Wembley, um, Jalen Ramsey got torched on one of the plays um, because he was, you know, had his mouth guard out and was walking around and not really showing. I don't think he'll be doing that in the Super Bowl. No, I don't think it'll be a concentration issue. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch inside is, corner against an outside threat. Yeah, no, absolutely. There is one other one-on-one matchup that I'm really interested to see what happens, and it's a little bit up in the air at the minute. But Trey Hendrickson against Andrew Whitfield, I think, will be an Whitworth, sorry, uh, will be an absolute barnstormer because obviously Whitworth's 40 and he's mm. got a bit of a tricep issue. So I don't know whether or not he's actually going to play. Um, but I think if if you can nullify uh, Hendrickson, then, you know, the Bengals do lack a little bit in the, on the, on the line and, and getting to the quarterback. So I think if, if Stafford is given time, uh, to be able to pick apart that Bengals defense, he's got two receivers in Cup and Beckham that you know are great at either just making the catch or in Cup's case finding the holes and just mm-hmm. sitting in the holes and taking the ball. Um, you know, it's very much Cup. Cup very much has learned kind of like Edelman used to be, and I hate using him as an example, but Edelman was a fantastic <laughs> receiver at just finding that right amount of space. Between the linebackers, yeah, finding that space between the linebackers and the cornerbacks, to and the safeties, just to just just to give his quarterback enough time to be able to get the ball into him, Um, and and Cooper Cup does very similarly. Although he has added that kind of deep threat stuff that we've seen a bit more recently this season as well. Um, But yeah, I think I think the lines for me, those those are going to be the really interesting pieces of this game, Um, and could could very well decide whether or not it's a blowout or very close. You've got to remember with Edelman, that was all about the quarterback. The quarterback moved him into those positions rather than Edelman working it himself. True, but it's a a similar outcome regardless of of who's doing it. (laughs) Hence Um, why I used him as the example. The good news for, I love the fact that you call him he who shall not be named named. the quarterback. You don't even say his name anymore. You know he's gone. (laughs) You don't have to fear him anymore. Um, The good news for um, uh, Trey Hendrickson is that he's rushing from the right-hand side and he's up against Andrew Whitworth, who's 174 years old now. And playing at left guard is 
David Edwards, who you I've said to you on several occasions, Jim, he's the worst guard in the NFL. Um, <laughs> I think he's the most overrated guard. He's playing uh, at a level that I didn't think he was capable of, and I certainly don't think he's capable of. I think the fact he's got a much more intelligent um, quarterback who can get the ball out quickly when he needs to is, helps him. The fact he's always got Taylor Higby lining up um, alongside him as well, because Tyler Higby normally lines up on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, if they really try and target David Edwards, and let's not forget, it's a front four that play for the Bengals as well. They can really try and apply some pressure. It's going to be on that left side. It really is. Um, because that I think that's where they'll they'll get breakthrough. That's where they'll um, they'll get some uh, some success and the other protection that they're going to have is from Sony Michel, who's obviously a blocking running back. I don't fancy Sony Michel's chances of blocking anyone on the defensive line for the Bengals. So that's where the success will come on the pass rush mm-hmm. outside. Two quick uh, team ties I want to talk about. One was Andrew Whitworth. Nice that his name's been mentioned. He obviously spent 11 mm-hmm. years with Cincinnati. So this is going to be a bit personal for him. I think he's going to want to win this just to kind of stick it yep. to, to Cincy. And also never forget that Sean McVay actually employed Zach Taylor as his wide receiver, then QB coach uh, in Los Angeles. So he's going to know everything. Yeah. They know everything that's going on in both both dressing rooms, basically. There should, yeah, be, I mean, there should be no the, secrets. For anyone who doesn't know, the Rams offense is the most simple in the NFL. They, they've got about 10 plays but they disguise each of those 10 plays in about 50 different ways. So they'll run the same play nine times. You just don't know that they've done that until the play's over because they'll disguise it in a number of ways, pre-motions and that kind of thing. So it's very, very difficult to identify what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's, there's a lot of crossover between the two teams. So it's that time, boys. Uh, we're going to need to make a decision on who's winning this game. I don't know who wants to go first. If you don't want to go first, I've actually got some other people that have chimed in. Okay. One of them. Let's let's hear the other. Are we doing scores as well? No, no, I'm happy to. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We are doing scores. scores. We are doing scores because last year, last year, I got the Bucks absolutely spot on, Um, and I said the Bucks would win it. So it's not very often I get something right nowadays. So I have to take my full glory. What are you going to say? Like do do scores. Rams by three or Bengals by seven? What are you going to say? No, no. Exact score. I'll be brave. I'll give, give you an exact score. I hate yeah, exact scores. Absolutely. Back to what I was saying. Okay, I've managed to get some other people to chime in on this. And so not just any old people, but presenters of this show. Philly Sai has, uh, has chimed in. He's going to go with the Rams. He's hoping the Rams D steps up, steps up and OBJ continues his postseason form. Also said that he felt dirty just thinking about the Bengals as Super Bowl champions. Like... Can't disagree with him on that one. <laughs> Makes my skin crawl to even think about it. And uh, we've also had the king. He's come out of hiding to give his pick. Ooh. His heart says the Bengals, but his head says the Rams. King reckons that Donald and Miller will just have too much trouble up front uh, for that Bengals O-line. So we've got two picks for the Rams with our erstwhile companions. I'm happy to go first. So Go on, Dave. I think we've mentioned about protections and matchups. I think the, the one thing that the Bengals have to do is win... Uh, the big moments and we've seen them do that so far in this playoff run they've won all of the big moments that have counted and we know what the big moments are when there's a fumble making sure you recover it getting that key third or fourth down and making a play when you absolutely fundamentally need to Um, so I think the Bengals have done that 
And I also went back to look at uh, the records in the regular season. Both teams scored 460 points this season. Identical. Mm -hmm. In terms of points against, there's only four points in it. Um, and both teams were five and three in, in terms of where they're playing. So Rams are five and three at home. Bengals five and three away. I'm going to go for the Bengals to win this. And I'm going to go Bengals 34, Rams 27. Okay. So you're going Bengals by seven. Okay. Bengals by seven. And I think, and I'm going to make a further prediction. Just for the record, I think the Rams are the favourites. And that's the easy pick. But I'm going out on a limb to say the Bengals. I think it will be a big moment in the fourth that will, that will seal it. There'll be a tipped ball, which will be intercepted. Or there'll be a pump return. Or there'll be a forced fumble. There'll be something that will lead to the Rams winning it. Uh, the Bengals winning it, sorry. <laughs> I have to commend you because you you did jump on the Bengals train right at the beginning of Good. the wildcard round. So Yeah, and I was fully admitting it. it as well. Fully yeah, admitting yeah, to no, it. Absolutely. And and so I think it's commendable that in the biggest game of the season that you're sticking with that. Um yeah. foolhardy, but but commendable. <laughs> um the Rams are gonna win this. I mean the that's Rams... gonna be that's gonna be the title of my autobiography. Foolhardy but commendable. <laughs> <laughs> until he got the, caught <laughs> the, the Rams win this game I cannot get beyond how battered Joe Burrow is going to be by Von Miller and Aaron Donald um, I, I, I hope he doesn't get injured and we end up with a backup quarterback who I can't even think who it is for the Bengals nowadays Brandon Allen isn't it so we you know I, I, I truly I, I hope this is a good close game i really do but i think the rams defense is just too much for that o-line to handle and i i can see burrow doing exactly what you're talking about dave trying to make a moment and throwing an interception down Jalen ramsey's throat to kill him off or something or a pick six so for me it's the rams and it's the rams quite comfortably i think it's 31 21 can I just make one further point, though? We you make as many points as you like. Yeah. We have, you don't want to say that to me. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, we have seen the Rams start slowly in all of the past, well, say the past three games, four games, really. Mm -hmm. um, they started badly against the Cardinals, but ended up rallying pretty quickly because the Cardinals did everything they could to try and shoot themselves in the face. They started slowly on numerous occasions this season. It's not just something we've seen in the playoffs. You and did the see them be up quickly. by... 20 points against the Bucks at half time, yeah? Yes, but in the first quarter, the first couple of plays, you know, they start slowly. So it's if the Bengals can get that little bit of a foot in, the Bengals are a really difficult team to come back against. Um, but yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sticking with the Bengals, and I think the, um, I think I'm not going to say any more than that. I'm gonna because I'm probably okay, giving thank you. <laughs> you 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 absolutely have every right to go with the Bengals and I can see why you would go with the Bengals and I I on some level I do agree with you that they have that team of destiny thing about them that they do seem to hit every single play when they need it but at some point that runs out and it for me I just can't get beyond Donald and Miller I really can't. Yep. A couple of things I want to say then. Um, first of all, yeah, okay, the Rams do slow, do have slow starts, but 
the Bengals, you missed their first half of the championship game, Dave, where they, they let in yes. 21 okay. points in the matter of just three drives to the Chiefs. So they're fully capable of also having a slow start to a game. Okay. Um, the other thing is, what did we talk about last year going into the Super Bowl? We talked about a high-powered offense with a superstar QB, dodgy line, dodgy O-line um, up against a very complete unit and what we thought was going to happen. Well, we some of us bet on the uh, the gunslinger and what happens? It was an absolute bloody blowout for the the uh, the, fu- the fully rounded yeah. team. I am hoping it's going to be a repeat of that, really. So, um, as much as I do admire Joe Burrow, you can't help but admire the guy. He is a superstar QB. Jamar Chase is money. Uh, Joe Mixon, although a questionable human being, is obviously a class player on the field. Um, I don't like the Bengals. I don't like their fans. I don't like their owner. They don't like their owner. Their kit's and dodgy. I'll give you that. The kit is dodgy. You're not letting your uh, divisional bias get in the way of, of your correct Look, pick. They, you their fans are very eagleish. You know, if it's a way to kind of... I know you guys don't understand because you haven't even had to deal with Bengals fans, but they're very eagleish in the way they're kind of just horrible to other people. Like, they throw stuff at injured players. They cheer when people are hurt. You know, there's not nice people in general. So don't feel any kind of sympathy towards this set of fan base. It's not like the Browns. You know, the Browns are kind of comically bad for decades. Bengals have deserved to be where I, they are. I love so. the fact that you've got a Pittsburgh supporter talking about horrible fans. Yeah. You, glass houses, keep those things. What's wrong with our fan base? Sunshine. What's wrong with our fan yeah, base? Yeah, not much. Not much. Well, you've said something completely unsubstantiated there. Give me some examples of where we're <laughs> anything but the best. Then <laughs> Get there. on with it. Anyway, last year, we talked about a very similar matchup. Um, I thought the Chiefs might do it. They didn't. I don't think the Bengals are going to do it, so I'm going to have to go with the Rams. Uh, I, I also think that that O-line will show up in the... Uh, it will show its holes in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm hoping for a, a comfortable win for the Rams. Probably won't be very comfortable. I'm sure the, the Bengals will rally. There'll be uh, some missed assignments. There'll be a touchdown or two for the, the wide receivers for the Bengals. Um, I'll go Rams 24, Bengals 20. That's not very comfortable. I didn't say it's it was good. I thought I wanted to be comfortable. I don't think it's going to be comfortable. <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, when's the last time we had a blowout Super Bowl? Broncos, Probably, yeah, uh, Broncos, Seattle. Yeah, Broncos, Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, there there is a danger with this matchup that that could happen. No, I think the Rams have got a chance. This the, the, this defense just completely takes over, and you know the Bengals can't even get out their own way, and it it just turns nasty. Um, but I hope not. I hope it's a good game. I just, I just, I just can't see it. I think, I think that defense is too good. I'll take a Rams blowout. I'll take it. It's a nice story as well for Matt Stafford. Everyone talks about Burrow's story, but he's just in his second year, basically. So, you know, Matt Stafford is the guy that's been churning away for over a decade. He's the guy that deserves the Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chase and Burrow have still got plenty of opportunities to get another one. I'd I'd much rather see, you know, Donald and Stafford get a ring than Burrow and Chase. Exactly. I mean, this whole thing of deserves a ring. He's been in the year for te- been in the NFL for ten years. Deserves a ring. Works. Go and prove it in the Super Bowl. Then you deserve a ring. Well, that's what he's going to do it's on Sunday, isn't it? Well, let's, You're Matt uh, let's biggest see that fan. Then. What are you talking about? I am. I am. But I, I've never said so and so deserves a ring. The only player I'd potentially say that about would be Larry Fitzgerald. It's a better story. That's it. 
It's a better story for Stafford and Aaron Donald to get a ring. About stories, how is it a better story for them to get a, to get a ring than for the Bengals to win it? The to have paid your dues, to have paid your dues, <laughs> oh, the underdog story, the Lions <laughs> for ten years. <laughs> the Bengals have been get to out. two Super get Bowls over. before. How many of how many of the Lions been to? Exactly, mm. not even been you to know? one. Don't don't give me this all oh, the Bengals, all the Bengals. They had their chances. They've they've mm. been and gone. You know? It's called the so of the Rams. The Rambles have had lots of uh, the Rambles. Well, there you go. Here's an, inad- an inadvertent slag off. <laughs> no, I, I think listen, this Bengals team was seen by nobody inside or outside of Cincinnati as being a team that can get to the Super Bowl. Every, every single person, 100%, based on the people within this podcast, 100% of the British public thought that the Rams would get to the Super Bowl. And that's based on us three. I'm taking that as our sample. Yep. It's the underdog story that I want. It's the Rocky story. It's, it's, that, it's, that that I, it's that romanticism that I'm adhering to. Well, surely, so, yeah. surely you should be back in Stafford then. Yeah. Or Donald, who's you know, been... Mired with bad quarterbacks oh, on the other side of him. Are. Give a <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, look, there you go. So we're going four to one in favour of the Rams. So we've done the picks. One other thing we want to do then is a bit of betting before uh, we head off. Dave, you got a, a bet builder for us? Yeah, so um, I made a mistake on mine. Apologies in advance. <laughs> I pushed the wrong button. you make a mistake on a bet? I don't know. Cancel and redo. I'm, no, 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 because I've already put the bet on, and I just thought, do you know what? It was obviously fate. There's no cash out thing, and I've got no more money in that account, so I thought, sod it. I did it on two different betting websites, and one of them gave me a better option. I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to promote Paddy Power, but one of them mm. did. Mm. Um, so what I did, I, I'm going to tell you what I did and what I meant to do. So I'm putting a bet builder. I've only put a quid on, thankfully, um, and I've got T Higgins to score a touchdown. I've got there to be under 48 and a half points. Um, Joe Burrow to throw over 276 yards. Cooper Cup to get under 105 yards. The Cincinnati Bengals to win the first half with a two and a half point advantage. And that's me thinking about that um, Ram starting slowly thing. Um, mm. Joe Mixon to get over 24 uh, receiving yards and Samar J.P. Ryan to get over 10 receiving yards. Now, there is another part to this as well. I put the, the Rams to win. Now, I didn't mean to put the Rams to win. I meant to put the Bengals to win. <laughs> um, and I also meant to have some RJP Ryan under 10 receiving yards, um, but f***ed up and did it the other way. Um, so instead, uh, my odds are 355 to 1. I thank you. Was all that got to come in? <laughs> all, all that got to that... come in. <laughs> sounds sounds, hey, sounds like you may not be entirely serious about your... Uh... Legit pick of the I, Bengals to win if if, you, if you're back now backing was, the Rams to win with money. Purely, it was his head, wasn't it? Purely an administrative error. Um, so your subconscious yeah, took over. I, uh, <laughs> it's not. It's just me and my me and my fat fingers unable to actually press the right buttons. I did it. The thing is, I'm a bit annoyed as well because the Rams, the, the actual odds on the Bengals will be significantly higher than that of the Rams. So it would have taken it from 355 to one to like 500 to one or something stupid like that because of the multipliers. You might as well so, just give me the money. I mean, it's a pound. <laughs> nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Mm-hmm. True, true. Punk, have you got right. something uh, that we can I, get our teeth I, into? 
I've got one that I've put together, but I haven't actually priced it up yet because uh, I'm sensible. So I wait until the last minute just before kickoff and make sure that no one gets injured in warm-ups and mm. someone else. Like, oh. Nah, if you're going to go, go hard, go early. But but I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at doing something along the lines of uh, Cup and Higgins uh, anytime touchdown. Um, Donald to have one plus sacks. Chase over seventy yards receiving. Uh, Burrow to have one or more interceptions and um, Gay to have over five and a half points. Now, going off previous um, bet builders that I've done during the playoffs, I reckon that will come in around 18 to 20 to one. So much more likely and and more likely to win you some quids back um, than Dave's 500 to one, possibly in a month or Sunday. 355, you're being ridiculous now. Yeah. You'll do when I'm when I win and I'm driving a gold Lamborghini next week. Absolutely. You're 355 Absolutely. I'll buy you, I'll buy you that matchbox toy. <laughs> so what what's your odds at the moment? Do you know? Has it not been priced up? I, I, it's not been priced up because I, I like I said, I, I haven't done it on the actual site, but it will be talking to his accountant you know, right now. I'm I'm pretty certain that, that Chase they'll put Chase in at about seventy or seventy five plus yards. When you do um, when you do do it, when you do price it up, can you tweet? I will it, whack it on that, Twitter. Yeah. I will put it on Twitter. So I put, I'll put mine on Twitter as well. At punk underscore ready. Because I, I have no doubt I will end up doing a few different bets over the weekend. So this is the thing, the closer you get to the Super Bowl, you tend to get sort of more uh, traditional multipliers. The one thing I will say as well as a bet as a as a thing to look out for, there's gonna be all sorts of offers. Um Paddy Power will have one, for example, because I use them a lot on free bets. They'll have a free five pound bet on a bet builder and stuff like that. So keep mm-hmm. an eye out on whoever your betting provider is because there will be there absolutely will be a promotion. And remember if the fun stops stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jim, talking of stopping fun, Jim, your turn. Oh very funny. I haven't done any bet builder. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim's losing money this yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I only won a couple of times this season, so I'm not going to. It's a fool's game. Although I do, I do think that you know, if we've talked about kind of them cutting Chase out of the game as much as possible, then T Higgins is a mm. a one that you can can kind of hang your hat on to get a lot more targets. Um, I was I was watching a thing a while ago, um, and it was all about. Um, so who's the who's the running back who was uh, in for the Patriots? He won like four Super Bowls, never did any. Garrett Blunt, bloody name is Garrett Blunt. He was doing a thing on YouTube where he was talking about uh, we watched the guys coming out of um, watch the guys at the Super Bowl who were coming out of the tunnel, and there will be a couple of guys in there who will know that they are being planned for. They know that they are. Uh, they're in for a big game, whether it be a tight end. Watch for the guy who's got a spring in his step. And you can tell he's going to be the guy to bet on. And at that point, that's the guy you want to start back in. Um, and he, he mentioned about Shannon Sharp in the 99, um, 99 Super Bowl. He was basically meant to be planned for all game. Um, and I think Shannon Sharp even spoke about it at one point where he was saying he was going to be, you know, quids in for the uh, MVP and he got injured in about the third play of the game. So he said, yeah. look, look how people come out of pre-snaps and stuff like that. So keep an eye on T Higgins and see if he, uh, he's got that extra spring in his step, like he knows he's going to be the man. The other thing to think about as well when you're betting on this game is that whoever um, wins the toss tends to defer to the second half. Yep. So the team that received the ball tends to get more possessions in the first half. So you're therefore more likely to score. So it's... Uh, 
yeah, it's sometimes worth keeping an eye on little things like that. And of course, you'll have all your usual, you know, length of the national anthem and color of the Gatorade, Gatorade B, all that, all those kind of prop bets as well. So they're always worth chucking 50p here and there on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Will, can I one one further question? Um, I know we've been going a long time, but is it nailed on? It's not nailed on, but if it's not nailed on that the MVP is going to be a quarterback, I know it normally is. Um, I think the only MVP of recent times who hasn't been a quarterback has been Von Miller. Is it most likely to be... Uh, a pass rush either side this time, or could it could it end up being a wide receiver like it will, it will Chase be, or Cup? If if Chase has a, a 180, 200 yards and three touchdowns game, it will be Chase. Same if, for Cup. If, yes, same for Cup. Yeah. If if it's um, the quarterbacks having three hundred and three touchdowns, it will probably be them. But three hundred and three touchdowns, three hundred yards, <laughs> and three <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> I want to see 303 touchdowns. That would be a great game. 303 yards and three touchdowns. 303 touchdowns. It's not. Everyone can understand. It's shorthand. Anyway, (laughs) if the quarterbacks have big games, it will be the quarterbacks. But Mm. if it's a close game and, you know, it's no one's really kind of stood out, everyone's kind of doing their usual numbers, do not be surprised if it's Aaron Donald. Yeah. Just well, because that, it's Aaron Donald. That was the thing in Super Bowl Fifty. It was a it was a bit of a slog in terms of um in terms of offense. And it was obviously the Von Miller strip sack um that led to TJ yeah. Ward picking it up and running it in that led to the win, basically, and that's the reason he got the league MVP. So I mean again, if Jalen Ramsey has three interceptions, then it might be Jalen Ramsey, but you know, the it's gonna to take a, it's gonna take either three interceptions or three wild. touchdowns to take it away from either Stafford or Burrow. This game, whichever yeah, team wins, this, yeah. it's going to take a massive performance to take it away from one of those two. This is the Three thing because if if there's Three. one particular the one particular wide receiver who gets. 180 yards, as you're saying, three touchdowns. The argument will still be, well, the quarterback threw him the ball. So, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, if it, if a wide receiver gets three touchdowns and they've got a good case, if they only get two, then it won't be enough, I don't think, because yeah, like yeah. you said, it always goes to the quarterback. And I think even if even if Aaron Donald gets four sacks, it's not enough. Like if you think oh, about what Jefferson did, Jefferson did for the if Titans. If Aaron Donald gets four sacks, and one of them's a strip sack. If one's a strip sack, and yeah, yeah they, then definitely he's in with the shout. He needs interception as well. <laughs> might he? He might get one. You never know. Look, it's it's long. It's I a long it. shot, guys. I mean, I anything other than the quarterback is a long shot. One in the Pro Bowl, me. My money's on Austin Corbett, the right guard for the Rams. Mm, mm. Well, we know what your odds are like. What, what, what kind of a game would he have to have? <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, well. Let's be reported eligible it'd a few be, times. It'd have, to be, uh, it'd have to be a strip sack on uh, Stafford. He picks up the ball and returns it for 95 yards twice. Yes. He'd, he'd, he'd have to pump return to recover. it like Devin Hester. Pump return it. And recover his own... <laughs> Fumble at the one, and oh, it's just not possible. Yeah, so on the ground, he picks it up, flea flickers it back to Stafford, runs 40 yards down the field, then receives oh it back, just nine men out of the there's, way, and then scores a touchdown. And then there's a flag for defensive holding. There's rabbit holes, and then there's days when it's got far <laughs> yeah. too late at night. <laughs> right, we're right, moving let's go on. home, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving it now. We're going to yeah. find out on Sunday. 
uh, and then come back to you guys with yeah, the, we are. the new podcast afterwards. Uh, and then we'll obviously be looking ahead to the, the draft that's happened at the end of April. Uh, can't wait to get into all that footage and, and starting to look at all the, uh, the prospects that are coming up. But until then, I've been Jim. That's been Punk Raider. That's been Denver Dave. Thank you very much for listening. Just for the record, mm. I don't think the Bengals are going to win it. Hi, yi, yi! This is an. Oh,